0: but from Taylor Swift to Paul King, someone I've known quite a few years, wouldn't you say, Paul? Yeah, well, we go back a long way
1: now, Ken, don't
0: we? <laughs> we do indeed. Now, you're from King & Co Trees Nursery. Um, tell us, how did you... I mean, let's let's look at a bit about... I can, You're a man who knows trees, but how did it all begin, Paul?
1: Well, I don't... Um want anybody to think I'm an expert on gardening because I'm not, Ken, but, you know, trees are my subject, and it's such a massive subject that I would need another lifetime to get round it all, to be honest. I'm still learning something every day.
0: I think we all do, don't we, Paul? Yeah. So
1: what but what, what? happened was I yeah. decided I wanted to work for myself after having a few jobs when I was a young man. I went down to the NatWest Bank in Braintree, and I borrowed 500 pounds. And I went and bought myself a land rover for three hundred and fifty and a chainsaw for a hundred and fifty and then we started off on
0: the elm clearance and that's where it all began Bef- it did yeah so in fact, fact you were you were chopping trees down rather than planting them in those days well, of course
1: it was very sad you know there was the of 18 million elms to come down and um we spent the best part of seven or eight years just felling
0: elms terrible um, wasn't it
1: it was awful. I and
0: mean, when you think today, a lot of younger people wouldn't even know what an elm tree looked like, even if it hit them in the face, would they?
1: Well, this is why, you know, on that Chelsea show, we did an elm avenue. That's uh, right. At Chelsea one year. And the number of young people that didn't even know about the elm story, um, we were able to sort of enlighten them um, regarding the fact that if... You looked around now and looked at all the oak trees in the Essex landscape um, and doubled that. That's what it would be like if you had all those elms back again.
0: And they were an attract... I mean, I know you and I can banter on about how attractive trees look. But if you look at take an oak as an example if you look at an oak at this time of the year where it's bare and you're just looking at the wood the structure of the tree against the skyline to me it's a beautiful shape and look for you and the elm was similar although not a similar shape but it gave you a very specific shape didn't it yeah a majestic tree yeah
1: and you know it's um Something that I'm still finding them, the odd one now and again that's resistant. And, of course, whoever I'm with at the time goes, oh, no, not another round!" We'll have to stop here and have a look at it. But it's just something that I got really well involved in. And, of course, my friend, Melvin Crow, who's Braintree District Council officer, who's no longer with us, he took some cuttings from three or four trees that had proved resistant. And then we... Um, we started um, producing them via micropropagation and got 2,000 trees going, um, which all left here at about 10 foot tall all over the UK, and hopefully most of them are still growing.
0: Are you still producing elms yourself or not?
1: I'm not, because I'd already spent over £50,000 on doing the job,
0: yeah. and
1: um, it was, the nursery was full of elms that we weren't selling, and uh, we didn't have too much stuff here that we were suddenly. So it doesn't pay the bills, does it, Paul? <laughs> it didn't. And um, what my motto in business has been always: find out what your customer wants and give it to them. Don't uh, think you know what they want. Don't guess what they want. If whatever, don't grow trees you like growing. Grow trees
0: your customer wants to buy. I, I always remember. It's funny you say that because um, we always have a danger, haven't we? Uh, when you're In the industry of planting plants, trees, shrubs, whatever, we're inclined to always plant what we actually like. And in fact, if you go to a lot of the gardens that I planted of shrubs, um, going back, you know, years and years, I tell you what, you'll find a laurel in the corner, because I always used to think, I'll stick a laurel in the corner, it'll give you a green background. And you must have started off years ago doing exactly the same. You loved elms, and your concentration was elms, wasn't it?
1: It was. But then we, the government, started coming out with tree planting grants, too, yeah. um, and um, you know, uh, hedging grants to replace all the hedges that had been removed in the name of um, improved production on agriculture, which was obviously very important. And then we got into the um, planting and um, growing then and now we're doing sort of 250,000 bare root hedging plants every year
0: hedging and hedging is very important isn't it
1: Yeah,
0: yeah this link bet- um,
1: for, for the animals and the wildlife and um, that can be created by inserting a hedge between two big covers
0: uh, very important so in fact. Um, are there still grants available for planting hedging, or not, or have they gone? They are,
1: and they're in fact um, that's the topic of the day at the moment. Um, they're, they're getting a lot bigger. You know, farmers now can get twenty-three pounds a linear metre um, for planting hedgerows, which is a bit more than it actually costs, I think. And um, I think that in itself, from DEFRA, is um, is going to actually Bump things up considerably.
0: I mean, if you look back, and I, I think it was on Countryfile the other day, they were looking at hedging, and they were saying how you know how much hedging is now back in the UK. When you think that you can remember it, when they were ripping it all out, can't you? Well, yeah, in the 60s yep. they were
1: certainly doing that, and all the land drainage that went with it. But um, the 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 main thing is that um, um, you know we've gone from doing landscape schemes. Um, ourselves you know we did Stansford Airport railway from the terminal to the main line yeah. the Braintree Bypass Sizewell Power Station the golf clubs you know Gosford Lake Golf Club um, Eric Hobbs over at uh, the Essex Burnham Forrester Park you know we went through all that and then ended up just doing um, our nursery business because it it sort of burgeoned and took over everything
0: yeah That's the danger, isn't it? And it's back to you've got to give the customer what they want, haven't you? But just before that, you know we were talking about elm and we've we've got oak problems. What about ash dieback? Because we don't hear much about ash dieback today, do we?
1: Right, and there's been a lot of research done in France um, and we've now, you know, as an industry, we now think that about 10%, 10 to 20% of ash trees have got resistance and that's being borne out by time, um, and uh, you know a lot of the older um, ash trees seem to do, seem to be surviving. So, so it's not not as bad as we first thought, but still a problem. And then we got we got oak problems. The main problem with oak is oak processionary moth, right. or what we now term it as OPM, and uh, it was something that was brought back into the UK by. Um, I think it was someone on a a plant hunting expedition from Kew. And it broke out at Kew. And my my old friend over there, who was the lead arboriculturalist, was shouting about it for five or six years beforehand um, and dealing with these nets of these horrible processionary caterpillars.
0: They're nasty, aren't they?
1: Yeah, but of course, the government, as usual, um, were a little bit slow on the uptake. And it broke out into London. And now we've got it, um, you know, a couple of years ago, found some in Chelmsford. And um, so we've now got an exclusion zone and we're not allowed to move any of our oak stock out of the, that zone.
0: So I suppose good and bad for that, isn't it? It's good and bad. Bad for business, but good for, um, from controlling things.
1: It is. Um one of the benefits of um, Brexit was that we, you know, now we can be a much more um, proactive in keeping diseases out of the UK. Yeah. Um, when we had free movement, we hardly ever had a lorry stopped for inspection over over a period of say 20 years or so.
0: And then, of course, we got the horse. I mustn't miss out on horse chestnut, must I? Well, you've got the blight and the canker on there. Yeah.
1: But at um, Alice Holt, the Research Centre Forestry Commission, uh, There's uh, each disease is dedicated to one officer. Yeah. And um, the last I heard, um, this officer was monitoring some horse chestnut on Wimbledon Common. All right, and yeah. he, again, over a period of years was showing us slides that it's sort of... Um, illustrated that they were getting through it.
0: So we have to live in hopes, because we can't... The trouble is, media, and I know, OK, we're talking on radio, but media generally, you know, the newspapers make such a issue of it, don't they, that um, suddenly, you know, we're going to lose all our oaks, we're going to lose all our chestnuts, you know, etc. The, t-
1: the tabloids put out a lot of rubbish, and there's a lot of rubbish online, as you know, in any subject. Um, but really... Um, It's all on the Forestry Commission's research site, if you want the facts. Yeah. And the problem that we have with all these sorts of things is global trade. You know, you can have a a pallet of plants on the quay in uh, China. Uh, uh, A bug can bore into it, lay some eggs, and six weeks later it's hatched out at Felixstowe. That's right. So, you know, it's this global trade that's the problem. And the same with the pandemics, of course, on and off the aeroplanes.
0: That's right. Now, you said about, um, you know, supplying people with what they want. What are you finding in your own tree nursery are are some of the most popular trees today?
1: Right, well, remember I said, you know, find out what your customer wants. Yep. Our customers at the moment want privacy in their gardens. And 50% of what we do is now growing evergreens as standard trees to give people 100% privacy in a small garden. For instance up at Beaulieu Park we do a tremendous lot of business up there.
0: I can imagine.
1: um, Because they have a very small garden that's overlooked by two or three other people's bedroom windows. If we can put some say standard laurels for ten year or maybe even privet in there and um, as a sort of raised hedge yeah um give them privacy, of course, on a million pound house, if they spent five thousand pound with us, it would be well worth doing. Are
0: these pleach trees or just standard trees? Because there is a difference, isn't there? There is a difference
1: um a pleach tree would have a one point eight meter clear stem, and a frame usually bamboo is the one we yeah. use um or one point five meters by one one point five meters square, so- and um And then, you know, you can trim that flat. So you'll have a flat panel. But, um, of course, that's quite an expensive way of doing it. Um, And uh, a lot of people opt for our standard trees that we grow, uh, that they can plant about a metre apart. And with those three that I spoke about, laurel, fatinia, and um, privet, of course, you don't get any problems with um, foundations of houses, or subsidence um, and trees as you would do, say, if you planted hornbeam, oak or any of the other bigger trees.
0: So that's your main... I mean, it's quite interesting that you're selling more screen trees than anything else. If we went into ornamental, just out of interest, what ornamental trees would would you think people are buying? Well, the
1: number one is Himalayan birch, as you know, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> Bet- Betula jaccomontii. Um, because That's... people adore it for its stark yeah. white winter bark for a winter interest
0: It doesn't always like where it's been planted though, does it?
1: It doesn't and it's, it's massively overplanted in Essex and um, garden designers that are without any foresight or imagination <laughs> they, they'll always use it as a, a banker in the scheme where in, in truth, you know Things like the handkerchief tree or, you know, the uh, Tibetan cherry, you know, those sort of things. Wonderful trees in small gardens, but just don't get planted enough.
0: And it is a shame, isn't it, that we we get dictated to a certain degree by, we're back to media again. You've got magazines, television and designers all going down in some ways the same route, aren't we?
1: Yeah, it's... um, Unfortunately, with the garden design, I think, you know, a lot of the the particular people um, are hunting celebrity at at Chelsea, for example, (laughs) instead of (laughs) actually coming up with something practical, you know. We did... I don't know whether you remember when we did the Formula One pit scene in Topiary at Chelsea.
0: Yes, I remember that, yeah.
1: And uh, we collaborated with... um, with the Williams Formula One team and Frank Williams came to the press day with me and we were able to sort of demonstrate that there was a lot of fun in in, um, plants and producing plants and gardening and it doesn't have to be, you know, a stage sort of um, discipline, you know, you can create anything with plants, even a Formula One car and all the pit crew to go with them.
0: Well, you've had a lot of fun over a lot of years, and uh, I know we've known each other a lot of time. But uh, let's just go back to information on how people can find you, Paul. So it's King's Company, it's King and Co. co Trees it's Nursery. It's King and Co.
1: Is King and Co. The Tree Nursery Limited? Right. Is the name. So if you go to www.kingco.co.uk, kingco. co. uk, that's kingco.co.uk, uk. Yep. It's all on there, and we can supply anything uh, up to five metres long, tree-wise, anywhere in the UK, overnight service.
0: That's very good indeed, and something to be hailed, I reckon, as of great success. Well, you're only up at Rain. You're quite a local company for people around this area. And, uh, Paul, it has been lovely to talk to you. And we'll just remind people that's Kings and Co. Is that right? King
1: and Co. King and Co.
0: King and Co. The Tree Nursery at Rain. Thank you very much indeed, Paul. Thank you very much. And we Lovely now listen.
1: Lovely talking to you, Ken.